from New Zealand. We kind of, so thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm going to tell you some stories. Is, is that okay? Um, it's so good to be with some people that speak English <laughs> as opposed to in America. Uh, <laughs> did I say something wrong? Uh, this is my friend Blake. Blake, stand up. He's, he's the best American there is. Uh, uh, my wife and I are from New Zealand, uh, Janine. We have four children. They keep changing. They uh, currently, currently they're 10, 12, 14, and 16. And all of them are smarter than me. I just don't want them to know it. Okay, so don't tell them, please, yet. Um, so from New Zealand, uh, God's into restoring dreams. So uh, one of the things, I've always had this, just, just this desire to see more of God. In uh, 2008, God said, leave everything and go to a new country. So I thought that would be uh, somewhere that needs Jesus, like Africa, Australia. <laughs> this is Steve, by the way. He's from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, if you think missionary, what do you think? Orphans in Africa. Is that correct? It's just so wrong. It's so limited. Uh, an orphan is someone that doesn't know the father. Uh, orphan doesn't have a home. And the only home you can really have is the presence of the father. So I'm starting to realize there's orphans in suits. Uh, and they're not less of an orphan than the orphans in the dust. And it's just this wonderful, crazy journey and adventure. I thought I was going to give my life to manage lots of sheep. And I'm finding the sheep are in suits in places that I wouldn't have normally thought. And it's super fun. Um, but it's this crazy, crazy journey beyond my expectation, beyond the limitations that I set on myself. And so I'm continually faced with the fears and the, and the risks and the anxiety that I thought I trusted God until he told me to live everything. And so it's this journey of trust. So 2008, we left New Zealand. Uh, at the time, I was working in... Uh, finance in New Zealand and we came to Redding, California where I did ministry school. My wife didn't need to because most wives, they're far smarter than their men anyway. Uh, we're just learning these things, men by the way. And uh, so, and then now I get to do a bunch more. So uh, one of the things we did is put together, uh, we connected with this guy, Danny Silk. Have you heard of Danny? Yes. He's kind of this funny guy talks something about marriage and relationships and he's all right he's he's okay so i got to intern with danny and then travel and, and work with him and he said it was just this crazy journey of you're an answer to prayer when can you start and it was like the last 15 years of our lives prepared us for what we were doing but we just were clueless about it and stepped into this uh, danny said do what you're doing turn it into a book and <laughs> we never thought we'd write a book but that's what like hanging around Danny. So that's this book, which is Dream Culture. Helps people tap into the dreams of their hearts. But I want to talk about dreams of the heads tonight. As in night dreams. Not tonight, but this morning. <laughs> but that you'd have them tonight. But now, it's during the day. 
So we're going to have daydreams, which is the things that you dream about, that I want to grow up and I want to be a superhero. I want to be a, a princess, a ballerina, a, whatever those, those dreams. No child dreams of insignificance. But then we grow up and we go to church. <laughs> or religious religion just crushes those dreams. So God's awakening the dreams and desires of our hearts because that's what children do. And you cannot enter the kingdom unless you come like a child. And the greatest vacuum in the world today is the knowledge of the nature of God as father. His nature as father is not revealed in meeting your needs because even a prison warden will do that. His nature as father is revealed in meeting the dreams and desires of our hearts, which is why we're learning how to dream again and come alive. We sang about it. I feel like I'm alive again. So uh, whose birthday? Last week? Last Sunday. That means you can give this away. No, you give this one away and you keep that one. Um, so, so we come here. I want to tell you a story of some things that's happening. Then we're going to pray for some people. Then we're going to talk a little bit more. And then we'll pray for some more people. Is that, is that okay? Um, thank you. Thank you. What's your name? Jillian. Thanks, Jillian. I'm just going to, just me and you. We're just going to talk. Everybody else can just listen. So, uh. We come here and this came to the States and awakened this dream in me uh, to really see the supernatural. I know what it is to experience the supernatural on the mission field. I know what it is to see miracles and signs and wonders uh, on Sunday or in the healing rooms or healing center. But where is that in the workplace? Because that's where most of us live most of the time. If we have jobs. Does anyone here have a work? Do you work? <laughs> so... Uh, we just started this crazy adventure, took some experiments, and we keep experimenting, and we find that God truly is more interested in our day-to-day than we ever asked, thought, or imagined, and really, really fun things are happening. So uh, this uh, one couple, so we start to experiment, and then we take the experiments, and we tell people about it. This is what we tried, and it works. And so business people love that because it's results. So if there's evidence of God on your life, people want that. But if we're miserable and depressed, I don't want your God. If you're the poorest, strugglingest, I don't want your God. But if you're the wealthiest, what is it about you? You've, you've got an abundance. And even when you don't have money, you're happy. What's wrong with you? Why are you smiling? You're supposed to be British. And so we're finding that this thing's changing, it works, and where people see the life of God on us, they want it. They don't want church, they want Christ. And it's really fun, and then you don't have to put on anything, you can just shine. So Jeremiah and Shelley were a, they had a, they were in corporate space in uh, Hawaii, came to a an event that we did where we shared about the things that are happening, got lit up and excited about business. Because beforehand they were burned out, lit up again, and decide what they want to do is start a pizza franchise. Because pizza franchise is so heavenly. <laughs> so they own a pizza company. Every day for the last year, they prayed as they prepared the pizza dough. They declared that when people eat this pizza, they would experience wholeness, healing, restoration, and joy being overwhelmed by the presence of God. By the way, it's the best pizza in Reading. 
So it's not just an excuse. Jesus, this pizza is so bad. Help it. No, no, no. It's the best pizza. Molly was a local childcare worker in her 20s and had been lactose intolerant as a child. In December of the previous year, she'd found out she could not eat dairy or gluten or that she couldn't eat corn products either. Over the following eight months, she had a series of night dreams in which she ate food containing gluten or dairy. In the dream, she would always spit out the food and was left feeling an, with an anxious feeling that she was about to get sick. Has anyone had those kinds of dreams? That's not a fun dream. Molly had received prayer for these issues on a number of occasions and said, if I avoided it, prayer, she actually tried to avoid people praying for her because she just felt guilty because nothing happened. You've experienced that before? I felt so terrible if I accidentally ate a little gluten or dairy. I didn't want to do it on purpose. Then in September, so she has a series of dreams about nightmares about eating something and feeling terrible and waking up feeling anxious. Then in September, she has this dream in which she was eating pizza from the company that Jeremiah and Shelley ran. But she doesn't know them or the company. In the dream, she knew she was healed because in all the other dreams, she was still sick. The next day, she was freaking out because she's now I've got to test it, but I don't want to test it because what if I'm not healed? So she went to some friends and said, would you pray with me? She goes, actually, I don't really like pizza. Jesus, can I just try a cupcake first? <laughs> so she does. The next evening, Molly purchased a medium-sized pizza with a bunch of toppings and ate most of it. As Molly says, I used to have my skin break out and itch from just a little bit of gluten within 24 hours of eating it. And I would have extreme pain in my stomach within hours of having a trace of cheese. According to my doctor, if I ate the amount of gluten and dairy that I ate that week, I would feel like I got hit by a truck. I've been fine. No pain. No skin issues. Nothing now for two months. Is that cool? So anyone here gluten or dairy, lactose intolerant? One? So you better have the book and eat the book. So someone, thanks Steve. I want to tell you the story because then what we did, this is this crazy things of God. So we, we tell we tell these testimonies and we see that they ripple. So someone said to me, you should write a, you should turn your book into an audio book. And so I said to my wife, what do you think, babe? And she goes, well, how many books, how many audio books are we going to sell? I said, I, I don't know. She goes, well, is it going to be profitable? And I'm like, probably not. So she says, well, it's probably not worth it unless you can tell me how many we're going to sell. So I put on Facebook, hey, who'd be interested in buying an audio book of this? It's going to cost us about $1,000, and I'm trying to convince my business partner, wife, <laughs> that this is a good deal. I get a private Facebook message from a friend saying, I'll just give you $1,000. <laughs> hey, babe, we're going to do this. So we, we produced this audio book, but you've got to have someone doing the, the audio engineering. So I sent it through to this person I got referred to. His name's Ryan. Now, Ryan knows Jesus and interpret, and he does audio Bibles. So he's very, he's not one of the crazy Christians like you. He doesn't come and do this thing. And it just, he's not, he's just more of a sensible. He's like, he's the English American 
Christian. I'm just provoking you. You know that. So Ryan, I asked Ryan, would you be willing to, to and I'm paying him because he's a high quality uh, engineer, sound engineer. So we send him uh, the audio files and he's got to listen to all of the audio files to turn it and edit into an audio book. He emails me afterwards and he's like, this has changed my life. <laughs> he's doing his job. He said, I read this story about Jeremiah and Shelley and their pizza company. He says, my wife has food allergies and she's just got pregnant and she's got like acid reflux and all sorts of things. So he, as all of this hope starts to rise. So he brings his wife from Colorado to Reading so that exactly so that she could eat pizza at the place where they pray over the pizza. She goes home and we can I want to show you the picture of her because she's this is just beautiful. Here we go. You want to see Jamie? This is Jamie. That's Jamie. You can see Jamie? (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So so Jamie goes home, and they're they're cautious and careful people. So he says, I think she's better, but give me a few days, and let's work it out. She goes home, and she says, I get this email back. Please find attached... of my elated wife since visiting and specifically eating pizza and being prayed for by the manager whose name escapes me she's been healed from an extreme dairy allergy it's been a few weeks now and Jamie has been testing her healing (laughs) she has not had an allergic reaction since our visit we are so grateful to the Lord for his healing work and your faithfulness to make it real difference. I can also add that she's had a very difficult pregnancy suffering from acid reflux. Remarkably, that has almost entirely gone away, even after she was told she'd have to be on antacid drugs through the rest of the pregnancy. She can literally eat anything she wants now and is taking no medication. And this is healing our hearts in ways it's difficult to describe. Is that cool? You need to eat ice cream and pizza. That's the moral of the story. And God loves you so much. He wants you to be able to do that and enjoy it. Uh, We recently went to uh, Jamestown, Pennsylvania. Freezing, it's a frozen place at this time of the year. We got to stay with this guy, Ben. And uh, on the second or third day of us being there, uh, Steve is praying for Ben. And because Ben has come up and he said um, he's got knee problems and shoulder problems. So he confesses to physical problems. He's the pastor of the church. So Steve's praying for his, his shoulder and his knee problems. And in the middle of it, Steve feels like he's got to pray for his heart. So he goes down, puts his finger on his heart, because that's the kind of thing that Steve does. And what did you say? I didn't say anything. Oh, you didn't say anything? Well, I mean, because I didn't, I just, God told me to put my finger on his heart. So God told him to put his finger on his heart, so he just did. Which is the kind of thing that an Australian follower of Jesus normally does, perhaps. (laughs) And just release his life. What 
nobody knew, we hadn't told us, is that 12 months ago, literally to the week, their, fire, their house had caught fire, or a proportion of it, and Ben had crawled in, it was in their chimney, it's like an 1830 built house, so this old colonial thing. He crawls in and is trying to put the, the fire out in the potbelly oven stove thingy. And he inhaled a ton of the smoke and synthetic stuff. So he managed to crawl out, lying there in the snow. They take him to hospital. He thinks he's going to die because of the amount of smoke inhalation and what the smoke and the burning hot smoke does to your lungs. So they get, he gets to the hospital and they say, look, I'm sorry, there's, there's nothing we can do for you. So he goes home and for 12 months... He's been, he's been, he said he coughed up black stuff for two weeks. Uh, and he ingested plastic ash. So kind of not really fun. I'd prefer pizza and ice cream. He ingests it and it's severely restricted his breathing. So what would happen every single night for the last 12 months? He would go to bed and he, has to, he can only breathe really shallow. And so he would wake up. Like freaking out like he's not breathing, thinking he's going to suffocate. That's kind of not fun. And he'd not sleep much, not because of an emotional thing, but because of a physical thing. So Steve prays for him. He didn't even ask for prayer for that. He said, it's my shoulder and my knee. But instantly, he can breathe fully again. He comes back. It's like, I don't know how Jesus does that, but I, I don't really care. He's breathing full capacity and sleeping perfectly. Is that good? So I just figured if you have not been able to sleep because of a physical condition, so antacid, reflux, what is happening with Jamie, that affects sleep. If there's some physical things that's been going on that's stopping your breathing, stopping you sleeping properly, uh, just stand to your feet because we want to, we're just going to experiment. It's my shoulder. Well, you had that too, didn't you? I can't sleep properly because of the shoulder pain. That's, if it's, whatever it is, there's something physical going on that's stopping you sleeping. Because I'm hearing Jesus say that he's wanting to restore some night activity as he speaks to us in the night. So if we can't sleep, it's, it's kind of a bummer because I want him to instruct me in the night and be in that place of peace. Okay, so everybody's sitting down. You're a fully equipped minister. You've got Jesus in you. I want you to go to these people. Ask them what's wrong, like 30 seconds. Ask them if you can put your hand on that and then pray and just speak life and speak health and speak peace. Do it like a child and we'll be quick and then let's experiment and see what Jesus does. Okay, you should be praying. Don't let them talk too long. Okay, Jesus, we just release health and life. And we just say more, just say, just say that more, more Jesus, more Jesus, more Jesus. Okay, that's long enough.
Now get them to test it out. Try and do something they couldn't do. Um, if that's breathing, get them to breathe. Okay. Shh. Okay. Shh. Now look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, who's experienced a change already? What, what's happened? Okay. Six is good. Was. So pain's gone down. That's good. Who, who else has already experienced change? Just feeling peace. Peace is good. What? You're better. Like all better. Like happy, happy. Um, it's all gone. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Pray again. Pray. Even if they got healed, pray again. Just God. Just like mess them up. Like overdo it. Give them more than enough. Jesus, more, more, more. This is what you paid for. We speak life. Pain gone, health come. Just like a child. Pain gone, health come. Pain gone, health come. Healing break out. Thank you. It's getting better. Your shoulder's starting to work. So what couldn't you do? Do something you couldn't do. So push-ups? Can you do push-ups? Come on. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Push-ups in church. How's that feeling? How's that feeling? Yeah. Is it getting better? Okay, you guys better pray for him. Take care of that. Okay, that's good. Who's experienced? Just give me a wave where you're experiencing a change and it's improving. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you can take your seat, but I want you to know that you can, you can experience that healing at any time. You don't need to wait for someone to pray for you, but you just, you just do this. Jesus, I receive what you paid for. Okay, who's got a Bible? I want you to turn to Mark 4. And uh, I just want to share... So that's, there's physical things that stop us from speaking, from speaking. It's called a hand over your mouth or a hand in your mouth or foot in your mouth. That stops you from speaking. But there's physical conditions that stop us from sleeping. So we want to deal with that. And, uh, and I'm sure there's a ministry team we can, there's, they can pray for you afterwards as well. But why wait? Let's just get healed in the atmosphere. Because whenever Jesus shows up, things happen. So you've got permission to get healed. If you feel like Jesus touching you at any time, you just jump up and test it out, walking around. I had a guy who uh, overexerted his shoulder. He was a surfer boarding, so boarding uh, training, and so he and weightlifter. So he ruined the, some joint in his shoulder. We said, so he's standing there. I said, so how are you feeling? He goes, well, it feels good, but I'd need to test it out. I said, how could you test it out? He said, I need to do push-ups. So I said, okay. And we had one of the students with us, who's a big Dutch young man. He said, Peter, you join him just to encourage him. So Peter and this guy start doing push-ups. And this guy was a freak. He's just started doing push-ups. He would have done 40 fast. And then he stops and he's sobbing. And he just carries on for another 20. And then he's, and we like, are you, are you okay? 
Oh, he's starting to feel embarrassed by how much you can do. And he's pumping these things out and then sits back. He can't even speak sobbing because his shoulder is completely restored. So you got, it's just normal. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just good. So Mark chapter four, this is the, this is the storm test. Uh, verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he being Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was asleep in the stern, was in the stern, the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. Who feels like that sometimes? You're going through a storm, it's tough, it's difficult, you're freaking out, there's busyness, there's overwhelming thoughts, it's crashing all around you, and Jesus just, are you asleep? Does anyone feel like that ever? And it's like, for goodness sake, would you just take care of this for me? You're like the, you, you, uh, do that Yoda stuff where you just like cause everything to be peaceful, we can relax and walk through this, and he's just asleep. I thought Jesus wasn't supposed to sleep because there's way too much to get done. <laughs> We're going somewhere. The storm opposes them. There's resistance, opposition, busyness, pressure, increase. It's expansion. There's more things to do. And Jesus is flipping asleep. And he's not even in the front. He's supposed to be leading, isn't he? You know, we follow him. But he's in the back. And he's silent, like not just a silent, but a sleep silent. I wonder if Jesus snored. <laughs> but we can't even hear the snoring because of the storm. Are, are you with me? Yes. And what, what are we doing? They're rowing, they're doing the best they can. They're following the principles, they're doing the best that they can in the resistance and the opposition. They're rowing, just row harder. Who, who's here like that? When you, when it gets hard, The tough just get harder. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Isn't that right? It, that's that's what we do. We just work harder. When when it's not working, just obviously you just got to fast more, pray more, read your Bible more, give more, listen to your wife more. You just got to do more. Is anybody like that? Are you getting busy? Just get up earlier. Write a bigger list. Tick them off one by one and you'll get through. And you look back and Jesus, I thought you were supposed to be helping us. They turned to Jesus and after doing their best, they're freaking out. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, we're going to drown. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And turn to Jesus, like, don't you even care? I thought you like Jesus loves us stuff. Don't you even care that we're going to drown here? And I, I spoke, well, you, you walk on water, so you, it's not going to happen to you. <laughs> but I'm going to die in the middle of this. And Jesus gets up, rubs his eyes, stretches, gets off the pillow. There's a pillow even in there. He's on the pillow. Please, can I have the pillow? I'm going to put it over my head so I can't see the storm. But he was on the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, 
Do you not care that we are dying? I could just imagine that. But isn't that sense that in the middle of the storm and he's silent, where's Jesus? You're going through a difficult time, whether that's physical, so it's a physical condition, there's actually something real happening, like a real storm, or an emotional storm, or a spiritual storm. Last 12 months, we went through a period with my oldest daughter. She had a nerve condition affecting everything she did. And then in the middle of that, we found out she's got an enlarged aortic root, which means that if she so much as exerts herself lifting something heavy, it could burst. That's kind of, it kind of raises the anxiety levels when it's your child. That's physical, that's real. But then there's spiritual things going on. And there's, it's like, I can't even know what it is. I just want to take Jesus' pillow, put it over my head and hide. Jesus gets up. He arose, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he turns to the disciples and says, dudes, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So fear is faith in the wrong outcome. Fear and faith are mortal enemies. It's one or the other. And they feared. It says, why do you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. But I think there's a different kind of fear. As in, oh my gosh. You're even, it's like you even, you even have authority over the wind and the waves. So I was just journaling about this. What's the point? Don't you care? Number one, Jesus, he does care. He cares about you. And the fact that he's sleeping, he's sleeping with you, which means that he trusts you. And if he's sleeping in your boat and he's silent, it's because he trusts you to take care of the situation. Why do you have no faith? Because he fully trusted and empowered them to take care of it. But they hadn't taken ownership of what he'd given them. Sometimes what we're facing is not, it's not this. It's, we, we're like, someone tell me what to do. Someone tell me what, someone take care of it for me. Someone fix this for me. And Jesus is saying, you take care of it. I have fully given you authority. I have fully equipped you, fully resourced you. And now I'm going to sit back and sleep. Because I know you've got this. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't do this. And so he's just, I'm good, I'm good. So number one, he cares. Number two, he just had to do for them what he said. You guys can do this for yourself. You allowed this to become bigger than your connection with me. So I allowed what was happening out here become bigger than my connection with him. That fear got in that gap. So here's some things to do. One, repent from fear. This is what I wrote down, and then I'm going to tell you how bad I did it. Repent from fear. Turn your attention on heaven. He is with you. He cares. You're not going to drown. It's going to be okay. You're not going to drown. Remember those scriptures that we forget in these times? When you go through the storm, you're not going to drown. When you go through fire, you're not going to burn. Number two, build your anchor outside the storm. That's this daily strengthening my connection and who he is. 
and his nature and his character and his ways so that when I get into these precious situations, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm anchor. We got this. We got this. Number three, speak to the situation. Sometimes we tr- we're dealing with a spiritual situation. And if you're dealing with a spiritual situation, there's no physical thing that's going to take care of it. Rowing harder is not going to fix a spiritual problem. And praying in tongues is not going to fix a physical problem. As in, perhaps you just need to get up and go to work. Perhaps if there's a disconnect, praying about it is not going to work. You're going to need to talk to that person at both ends. Are you tracking with me? Four, take ownership and be aware. Not all storms are natural. And five, wake up Jesus if necessary. He's okay with that. But I want to wake him up and say, Jesus, this is what I've done. This is what we're doing. I'm still freaking out. Can you help? He's like, totally. So I wrote that down. It's really good. Don't pray to Jesus. Speak to the storm. And then two nights later, this was this is last week, by the way. So all those testimonies, remember all those testimonies, people getting healed. This is really awesome. This is me last week. Last Sunday night, there was this storm in Redding, California. And it's one of those, we've had this crazy season. Uh, huge rain, like the amount of rain is, it's wonderful. And, but we had this storm and... I to the to the point that it woke me up in the night. As an, it's a real storm. There is rain. There is wind crashing. There's things banging, and I, and I heard this bang, and I woke up thinking, "Is something just crashed on our glass table? One of those outside glass?" T-? It sounded like that. I'm thinking, "Oh, well, I'm not going to get up now and check it out. I'm warm and cozy in bed. I'm just not going to do it." So it, that's a real storm. But then. Now I'm awake, it's like 3 a.m. in the morning, and now I didn't just go straight back to sleep. Suddenly, well not suddenly, these other thoughts started to creep in. And start to, all of this fear started to come up. Crazy things. I know you'd never have these, but the week before I'd had this communication with my wife. She was communicating with me her feelings. I don't have a feeling like this. I'm feeling less. I'm feeling like this. And I communicated back to her my actions. <laughs> well, I've taken care of that. I've done that. I've done that. So she communicated to me more. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. So I just responded. Well, I've taken care of that. And I've taken care of that. I'm taking care of that. You've never done that, right? <laughs> so just massive different language. So totally missed what all I needed to do was oh you're feeling scared yes I'm feeling scared oh you you need me to just be with you oh thank you honey if I'd just done that it would have been beautiful (laughs) but I didn't I made this massive mess and it took me a couple of days probably three to gradually rebuild because then I said things that I probably shouldn't have said and all of those things that you would never do so in this storm, physical storm that then turned into a, some spiritual things going on, this fear comes up. I'm afraid my marriage is on the rocks. Uh, you know, I know at that time, I know logically you think, don't be stupid. But at that time of the night, this is just me. This is me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
having these crazy thoughts. Afraid of accusations against my team. So I just deal with one and then I'm thinking, right, I've got it, I've got it. And then the next one would pop up. Afraid, this is what's going on in my team. This is what's going to happen. It's crazy. And then afraid, we're going to break open and God's going to bust out with prosperity. But it's really going to just be a cover for the problems in, in me. And I'm not going to deal with the problems in my heart and the insecurities and the fear. So now I'm afraid of prosperity. Afraid of screwing up this assignment that Jesus gave me. He's given us, we've got all these business people that are now all over the world that are looking to me. What the heck do I do now? So now I'm afraid that I'm going to screw that up. Now I'm screwed up, Jesus. You you don't do this, right? (laughs) Afraid of failing this test. Overwhelmed by, by all of my responsibilities and yet feeling inadequate in the middle of it. So I feel like it just... It's just increasing. It's increasing. And then I'm afraid of being afraid. And then I'm fed up of being afraid. And why should, why am I afraid I should be sleeping? What's going on? I'm toiling all night. And it carries on for about an hour and a half. And then I start to do the spiritual things that you're supposed to do when that thing happens. Which is what? What are you supposed to do? I should be praying in tongues. So I try praying in tongues as I'm lying in bed. Because my wife's here, and she's peacefully sleeping, of course, because I'm fighting on her behalf. <laughs> no, this is my stuff. So I'm, I, I put on worship. I grab my iPod, my iPhone, have it next to me, put an earbud in, put on worship music. It's the best worship I know. It's, so that's, I try that. And, and that's, then suddenly these waves keep crashing in. So I'm speaking in tongues to try and fight back the waves. Plug the holes in my boat. And that works for a little bit. And then it's still. So I'm okay, what am I going to do now? Oh, yeah, scriptures. So I start remembering scriptures and start quoting scriptures under my breath. And it's still not working. I'm like, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So there comes a time when all of those things are really, really good. But there comes a time when you just need to get up. So I get up, go into my lounge. The miracle is that my wife didn't wake up. Because if you wake your wife up when you do that, then you've got other things to deal with. (laughs) So I get up and I sneak out, super quiet, stealth, into the lounge, sit down, turn on the little light. I'm thinking, I just want to watch a movie like Netflix just to change, just to change this. But I know it's a spiritual thing. I should do something spiritual. And watching the movie is not really spiritual. It's not. I'm probably going to have to deal with this tomorrow if I don't deal with it now. So I think, okay, I'll grab my Bible and I'll grab my journal and I'll just, okay, and I flick back. So what's going on? It's crazy, crazy stuff. I flick back to the day before in my journal. The storm test. Oh my gosh. I wrote about this for me yesterday. I should read what I wrote. This is really good. Don't pray to Jesus. Speak to the storm. Own it. Jesus is resting in me. It's a good sign. Oh. Jesus' team had not taken ownership. Own the vision. 
oh dang, I've just got, but here's the problem. You can't release peace into a storm when you don't have it. So I don't have peace. So how can I release peace into this storm when I don't have peace? And then this thought pops in my head. That's correct. But I can speak his name and his nature and his ways. I'm thinking, oh yeah, maybe that thought was not God. Maybe that's another thought to try and shut me down. But actually, I can speak who Jesus is. Jesus is peace. So I'm not going to release peace because I don't feel like I've got it, but I can release Jesus. So I just speak Jesus into this atmosphere. Jesus, and I begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, that you are peace. I thank you that you are hope. Thank you that you are firm foundation. Thank you that you are rock. And I start to feel mildly better. But I'm like, but God, I just want to get out of the storm. I want to get out of the pressure. I want to do, let's call it a sabbatical. Let's, it's even holy. Spiritual thing. Let's, I want to escape the storm, the pressure, the challenges, the difficulty. I just, I want to just take a vacation. A long one. And not come back. I want to escape. And I suddenly have this revelation. It's not just about stopping the storm. It's about realizing that Jesus is completely unconcerned about it. It's not just about, it's not just about peace be still and this calm appears and then we get to walk through life. What's wrong with you? I've got peace. You want some of this? Peace to you. Peace to you. Because I have peace. All you freaked out, stressed out business people, come to me because I've got peace. And I'll take care of your storm. See, sometimes it's not about dealing with the storm. Most of us, I want to get to the end, like solve the problem, get to the end, and then I'll have peace. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That is true, but there's a greater reality that I want you to experience in the midst of this. And that is, it's not just about stopping the storm. It's about realizing Jesus is completely unconcerned about it. He is with me. He cares about me. He is sleeping in this, and I can too. So I get up, walk back to bed, lie down, and I'm asleep. What's the point? If you're here and you're not sleeping because of anxiety, or because you've got to get your kids and I've talked too long... We can take care of that. But if that's you and you're feeling like, ah, I'm in a storm. It's not a physical storm. It's something else going on. And I need to actually reconnect with Jesus in this rather than escape from it. If that's you, just stand to your feet. I'm standing. And I have no idea what to do now. But I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> that's the first thing to do is just stand up and acknowledge it. That's, that's the success. It's not shame. It's not it just, um, see, lying down in the middle of it doesn't work. Sitting down doesn't work. Sometimes we've just got to stand up physically and that's 90% of the thing solved. But I just want you to put your hands in front of you like this. Always, let's just pray. You see, he wants you to know the lie that would say he doesn't care, it's a lie. 
because you're going through something and it's difficult and it's challenging, that does not mean that Jesus doesn't care. He's actually with you in the midst of this. Not only that, but Psalm 37 says, the steps of a good man, the direction where your boat is going, is ordered by the Lord. He's the one that said, go this direction. And he delights in your way. Not only does he care, but he actually loves and delights in you. And though you fall, which means though you feel like you're perishing, though you feel like you're drowning, though you fall, though you fall, you won't drown because he holds you. He is completely unconcerned about your storm. Not because he doesn't care about you, but because he knows it's not going to kill you. And he wants you to know he holds you, he holds you, he holds you. He is with you, he is with you, he is with you. He cares for you. So Father, right now I just release your grace in the midst of this. We just take every sense of shame, every sense of loneliness, and we just dust it off. And I just speak to you. A greater revelation of Jesus Christ, the Jesus who is with us in the storm, in the midst of it. And then you can turn and face him. You can even jump on the pillow with him and just take a moment. Pause and be still. So I just say peace to you. Jesus, deal with the storm in us before we deal with the storm outside us. Deal with the storm in us first. And we receive right now your peace. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come, come, come. I release his comfort. I release his strength. I release his life to flood you now. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Jesus, and I just release joy in the midst of the storm that we can laugh at the waves. That he who sits in this heavens laughs because you're completely unconcerned about this and that we can sleep as well. Thank you, Jesus.